How good of a prospect is Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr.? We're breaking him down today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single show, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. Joe, happy 2024 4A draft class exploration day. To you, our first prospect of 2024 that we've put under the microscope. And boy, oh boy, is it a good one. Because we are doing Ohio State wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Yet another Ohio State first round wide receiver prospect. But we we checked the tape, did some background work, and uh, we kind of want to put him into context today here on Locked On NFL Scouting. Kyle, the haters said we weren't going to talk about 2024 NFL draft prospects in May. And they're oh, furious we because we are. And we got a we bunch, bunch of them we're going to get to. We, yeah, We get a, a slew. Not a, a bunch. Slew. We get a slew. A slew, a slew is, is smaller than a bunch, but it's still representative of a large quantity. I would. It sounds right, doesn't it? I, yeah, let's, let's go with that for sure. Also, hey, before we start this conversation, how cool was all the great feedback that we got in that Colts conversation yesterday? Which Man, I loved was- it. I think it hit. I think the message hit home, right? Because you're always a little worried when you do a national show to commit a full program to one team and one fan base. That because uh, everybody's gonna say, "Ah, it's the Colts. I don't care. Wake me up when my team comes around." Mm-hmm. Right? But maybe there will be some of that. But as far as the vocal reactions to the show, uh, you guys will be pleased to know we're doing the Carolina Panthers tomorrow. So I know what I'm doing this afternoon, Joe. Yeah, we'll spend spend the afternoon with the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about them tomorrow just like we did the Colts. But for now, we're talking about one Marvin Harrison Jr., Ohio State. 20 years old, Kyle. He turns 21 in August. So assuming he declares for the draft, which will be my expectation, he'll be a 21-year-old uh, when he's drafted and he'll turn 22 ahead of his rookie season. Native of Philadelphia, Kyle, that's kind of close to where you live. Son of Hall of Fame wide receiver Marvin Harrison. Remember him with the Colts? Surely we all do. He uh, he did some good things there at so at St. Joseph's Prep. Three consecutive state championships he was part of. A four-star prospect wide receiver, 14 overall. Maybe a little low there. Then he chose Ohio State over the likes of Florida, Michigan, Penn State, LSU, Notre Dame. And Texas A&M, two big reasons why, one of them being the outstanding wide receiver coach there, Brian Hartline. And then here's a cool nugget that I didn't know, is that his high school quarterback that he won three 
consecutive state championships with Kyle McCord went there as well. And that's going to be his quarterback this year. So for anyone thinking about that's fun, CJ Stroud, not being the guy throwing the ball to Marvin Harrison this year, this guy's been with him for a long time, right? More, more time than probably any other quarterback. So they should be able to hit the ground running this season. Yeah. Um, the the obvious thing is the family lineage and making us feel old, right? How many Marvin Harrison, Kyle, regular Marvin Harrison highlights do you remember throughout his years in Indianapolis with Peyton mm-hmm. and and now we're scouting Marvin Harrison Jr., which ironically is not the junior sized player here. I mean, this is right. it's a big dude, six foot yeah. three, every bit of it, physical. We're going to talk about the strengths, but just. From a stature perspective, you know, he's credited as 6'3 and a half, 206 pounds. His dad's what? Not 6'3. No, I don't even, I don't even think he was, he His was dad not a big. Two set, or at 170? He was small. Okay, now we got to know. Let's float around and produce. Of course, now all the searches default to Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, six, six foot 185 on his pro football reference page. Yeah. Is it is it a safe assumption that no I'll I'll save it I'll wait I have a question for you when we get to segment three okay real quick though you mentioned feeling old did you see recently like Willis McGahee Jr. and Brian Erlacher Jr. out there committing to colleges man yeah and you got Frank Gore Jr. at did he transfer from Southern Miss or something happened there yeah I don't know but like. This isn't supposed to be happening, right? Patrick Sertan's like entering his third season, the second right. one of those. Rondé Gatson Jr. at Syracuse. It's a good player, too. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other ones that we're forgetting. Oh, Kurt Warner's kid has a UDFA no. uh, deal with Min- is it Minnesota. Okay. Cade. So, yeah. If you're in your mid thirties, this is the reality <laughs> check that you needed. We're doing a deep dive on Marvin Harrison Jr. and he's not the only one out there. Um, for all those names that you highly remembered, and of course his dad, eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, All Two Thousands team, Hall of Famer, 2016 class of Pro Football Hall of Fame, and his his son, who we're going to talk about here. Um, how about the athletic profile? Because we kind of talked about his background and, and production that he's had. Um, according to Bruce Feldman of The Athletic, he was the second freakiest player in college football last year behind, I think it was only Mozzie Smith, right? Yeah, he's number two. So he's been credited with being six foot three and a half, 206 pounds, doing 22 reps of 225 on the bench press. Healthy. He's, you say, oh, well, you know, Kyle, th- what does that matter? Okay, hear me out. 394 sh- short shuttle time <laughs> at 206 pounds at six foot three. You thought the Jackson Smith and Jigba short shuttle time was impressive? At this size to be doing it under four seconds is crazy. And a 10 foot nine inch standing broad jump while topping out over 23 miles per hour on the GPS tracker time on the field. 23 miles per hour, Joe. He's a freak. It's 6'3 and a half, 206. You mentioned that bench press, like 22 reps. I mean, that's impressive to me. That obviously, you're there's it's probably the position where you might care the least about bench press, uh, maybe quarterback as well. But 
if you can do two, 22 reps of 225 pounds, that says to me that you've been in the weight room. That's important yeah, your, to you. Your work habits are. Yeah, are dude, you don't, big. you don't wake up and do two, 22 reps of, of two and a quarter, man. That, that takes a lot of years of, of training and muscle endurance and, and developing himself. And that was one of the things that kind of reading up on him uh, before we had this conversation today, he's been very much dialed in on football, man. This has been his passion. This is his goal. Uh, all the steps that he's taken have been about positioning himself to play in the NFL, including you know transferring to St. Joseph's Prep, his second year of high school, and, and choosing Ohio State. It was all with getting to the NFL in mind. And um, when you have that combined with this level of athletic testing, uh, we got ourselves a, a, an athletic specimen or a freak, as uh, Bruce Feldman would label him. You know, the spam people call me at the same time every day. It's incredible. <laughs> well, me yesterday in this block too. Uh, real quick, yeah, real quick. Uh, just to put some of the the reported numbers in historical context, uh, you go to mockdraftable.com. You could do the advanced data search, right? Uh, that twenty yard shuttle would be ninety seventh percentile since nineteen ninety nine amongst wide receivers of a three point nine four second. His standing broad jump of ten foot nine uh, would be eighty ninth percentile of wide receiver since 1999. Uh, let's do the bench press real quick. Again, it's, it's a lot of receivers high. don't bench. I can't imagine this is not like a 90% percentile test. High. It's got uh, high. Okay. So actually shout out Jalen camp put up 29. Yeah. Nikhil Harry, 27 DK Metcalf, 27, 22 bench press reps would be 94th percentile on the bench press. And from a size perspective, you know, he's plus size. He's not plus plus. He's not one of these 6'6", 225-pound wide receivers. But to be that stature with 90th percentile testing in every reported test here, plus the GPS timing, you have to imagine in the 40-yard dash is probably something that begins with a four and a three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, he's productive, right? 2022, 77 catches, 1,263 yards, 14 touchdowns. Over 16 yards a catch. Uh, very good production in his first year of being the guy. And we get to see him next year with his uh, high school quarterback. So I'm sure the production will be outstanding. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can help give you the tools to find a more balanced life so that you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. And look, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Okay, Joseph, so let's let's talk about the tape. Obviously, we've watched a lot of Ohio State and getting ready for the 2023 draft and C.J. Stroud, and then you go back and you rewatch it through the lens specifically of Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and I think the first thing that's on my mind is that this is a prototype type of player. 
And I don't see a lot of ways in which this player is not going to have translatability to the next level in any kind of role, in any kind of system. You know, the physicality, the route running, the body control, the ball skills, the hands, the vertical separation ability. We checked a lot of boxes in 2022 as Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, I mean, there's no question, dude. And, and I think my – where I, I really want to start diving into the skill set is his ability to win routes early. That really, really stood out to me. Uh Stemming from his release package, I think he's got a lot in his bag in terms of how he gets off the line of scrimmage and beats press coverage. And he's lined up outside on the perimeter over 86% of the time he's out wide, right? So there's none of this slot conversation that we've had to have with other top receiver prospects, even Ohio State guys, right? No, this guy wins those heavyweight bouts on the outside. And dude, he got tested this year. You're watching, I'm going through the tape, right? watching him against Joey Porter Jr. I'm watching him against DJ Turner, watching against Deontay Banks, watching against George and Keely Ringo, right? Like, this guy faced these dudes, and he showcased that ability to win early in the route. The release package, his ability to, you know, use a variety of head fakes, jab steps, use his hands, contort his frame, right? He's 6'3", he's a long, angular build, but that doesn't mean he can't press deep angles off the line of scrimmage and really reduce that surface area and allow him to get into his route stem. And once he's able to do that, his ability to stack, he gets on top of guys quick, man. Like there's an easy acceleration with him. There's a, a, a easy ability to get that instant leverage and stack vertical. And obviously that allows him to win throughout the rest of the route. So like, as we get into the nuance of the skill set. I wanted to talk about that ability to win routes early, which really, really popped for me. Well, I'm glad you talked about the kinds of corners that he faced too, because you think about the body type of a Joey Porter Jr. versus the body type of a DJ Turner. And they're very different physical skill sets, right? And against Porter, thought he showed the physicality that's and the other corner Penn State Caleb King is a really good corner probably a first round caliber corner on the other side as well he just wasn't draft eligible in 2023 this past cycle so there's physicality when physicality is needed there's explosiveness when explosiveness is needed against Turner you need the quick foot quick twitch change of direction because Turner's 6 foot 180 he illustrated that. So that's kind of my opening statement was, you know, I, regardless of the role or whether you're a timing offense or a vertical offense, middle of the field targets or outside the numbers targets, he's shown it already. And I think the most impressive trait that he had in my mind was the ball skills. When you think about the body control and where he catches the football away from his frame and how he attacks the ball in the air, that's the big thing for me that when you pair that with the explosive athletic profile that he has that I think makes him pretty special because he owns these contested catch situations, back shoulder throws, high point situations, red zone targets above the rim. The way he contorts his body He's not guiding defenders to the football. He's putting himself between the ball and the defender 
and then still maximizing and utilizing the full length of his catch radius, catching the ball away from his frame, showcasing really strong hands, at times catching the back half of the football because he's Mm -hmm. flashing his hands late because he doesn't want to present to the defender. It's just a lot of really hot, like, go ahead and tell me your dad was a Hall of Fame wide receiver without telling me your dad was a (laughs) Hall of Fame wide receiver. Right. Everything feels so intentional. Special. Hands are soft, right? Like, that was the word for me, just watching him catch the football in stride, away from his body, sometimes in in some traffic, too. It's just like, it's it really does slow down for him and and soft. Like, legitimately, the ball didn't rattle, right? I mean, he knew how to greet the football with proper technique. You know, if it was a low throw, a high throw, late hands on the vertical stuff, right? I mean, it's... It's really, really strong. He's got a drop rate of three point eight percent, and so the 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 number there matches the skill set and the traits that you see on film for him. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about his route running because I think he is a route winner, and that's exciting for me because I can't tell you how many times I've watched some of these prospects, these top receiver prospects, and I just say, you know what? Do they ever just win a route? How much of it is just like you attack some space, you catch a football and you turn and run because you're playing in a widespread ISO offense, right? And you just, it's easy for you. This dude's a route winner. And you there are some, yeah, Traylon Burks, whatever, right? Like this guy's a route winner. And, and there were plenty of situations where he got some bracketed looks and was still able to create some leverage and, and make himself available. Like he's very quarterback friendly. And that's a great testament to what you want to say about a top-tier receiver. And so, you know, I, I went in on how he wins routes early, but when he does get that in that stacked position, the way that he bends the route stems to create those breaks and really be deceptive and allow himself to get in and out of breaks very smoothly for a guy that's like we talked about over 6'3", two, over 200 pounds, he's really sudden in and out of breaks, and, and there's no extra steps. There's no, like, uh, tipping of his routes he's very deceptive and smooth and um, varies his pace very very well has a good understanding of zones and kind of where to sit and slow down when necessary so I mean he wins early in routes he wins routes he catches the football he's got ball skills he's got body control I mean this guy really and like you mentioned there regardless of what you need him to do on the football field against what competition he's got the skill set to do it So now we're going to put him in historical context. That's what we're going to finish with here and and look back at recent wide receiver classes and how he stacks up coming into this upcoming 2023 season and uh, see see just how good of a prospect versus recent memory this player is. Okay, Joe. Um, Can I call a timeout? Yes, like you my, can. this might be my I'm first ever one. Surprised. You never call timeouts, so go right? Ahead. I wanted to ask you this question because I'm really interested in like the historical context, and and this is going to be a fun part of our conversation. But like, we sat there and raved about this dude, right? What's the what do you have down as like growth areas for him this season, and you know would even further solidify him as a prospect? Just I know you're stay, stay healthy. healthy. Just don't don't get hurt this year. I thought, and look, you're not wrong. Like, he's going to be wide receiver one in the high pick. I I would say if there's a part of his game where there wasn't a ton of production, it was yards after catch. 
But I think a lot of that probably has to do with the average depth of target, right? He's being targeted down the field yeah. over 14 yards on average. But, like, I think he's going to be more of a foot race winner than a, a missed tackle forcer. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's super so competitive. Right. Right. But I think it's going to be the acceleration that allows him to win with the ball in his hands. I don't, I don't know that you're really going to, like, design a whole lot for him to catch it and just create, if that makes sense. I think yeah, he can running, be productive after the tunnel catch. Tunnel screens, with right, him right, or, right, right. There's there's a a more specialized skill set in which you would benefit from doing it. Not to say that I don't think you couldn't take free access throws and quick throws to the perimeter on RPOs and, and get the ball in his hands, especially if he's going against a smaller corner. Right, you'd like to take your chances there. But I'll save some of my follow ups for when we get into historical context and wide receivers that have been in this stratosphere as, as players before uh, the, the top of the 2023 class, top five wide receivers, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, Zay flowers, Jordan Addison, Jonathan Mingo. He clears them all comfortably. Correct. Comfortably. Comfortably. Um, rank. This was the question I wanted to ask you earlier. Rank Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison, Jr. Chris Olave, and Garrett Wilson. Uh, Harrison Jr. is one. Olave, two. Wilson, three. Smith and Jigba, four. Which is crazy because they they would tell you otherwise, right? Who's they? The receivers. Garrett and, and Chris both were like, oh, yeah, Jackson's the best of the bunch. Yeah, because he got 500 more yards than them their, their last season. <laughs> I would agree from you from a player I would like to have at the pro level. That is the order in which I would put them as well. And two and three is close. Olave and Wilson are close, but I felt very easy getting to Harrison at one and Jackson Smith and Jigba at the four. Yeah. I, I like them all, though. So Okay, yeah. so class of 2022, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Jahan Dotson. Comfortably clears them for me. 2021. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman. He's wide receiver one for me, but this was the most like, oh yeah. You know, like you at least said, whoa, the, there's some competition here. So Chase, this is the name I wanted to bring up. Historical yeah. context, Jamar Chase Pro Day. Okay, March 31st, 2021. Six foot, three eighths of an inch, 201 pounds, ran a four three four. A 41-inch vertical jump, jumped 11 inches in the broad jump, had a 3.99-second 20-yard shuttle, and a 6.96-second three-cone drill. That's the kind of athlete we're talking about, but Marvin Harrison Jr. is three inches taller. (laughs) So how Jamar Chase wins as a rack guy, I think is an advantage for Jamar Chase. But how Jamar Chase plays the ball in the air, that's how Marvin Harrison Jr. plays it. And he's bigger. Yeah, more catch rate. It's like, it's like you sure. took the frame of T. Higgins and put Jamar Chase's athleticism in the frame of T. Higgins. Yeah, it's a good way to put it. This is the first class that is remotely close. Right. And we, I mean, we both had Waddle over Chase. Right. And he's all he's done is post, I think, the 
13th most receiving yards in league history across his first two seasons, and that was one of which he was the wide receiver two to Tyreek Hill getting 180 targets and set the rookie receptions record. That's all he did. Go further than that, or do you want to just? No, we got to keep here? going. We got to go. Uh, there's a place we got to get to here, Kyle. Okay, there's a certain name that you're you want us to. Yep. Get to. You don't have to go five deep either. Two or three would be fine. Rugs, Judy Lamb, clears. Give me Marvin. Hollywood, Nikhil, Debo, AJ Brown. I'll throw him in there. It's 2019. Yep. Clears them all. DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Cortland Sutton. Clears them all. Clears them. Corey Davis, Mike Williams, John John Ross, geez, Louise. We had three top ten receivers that year, and none of them are close. <laughs> At least Mike's been good when he's healthy. Yeah, it's yeah, yep, he has. Corey Davis had that one five or one thousand yard season. We'll never forget it. Uh, Corey Coleman, Will Fuller, Josh Doxson. Yeah, see ya. Amari Cooper, Kevin White, Devontae Parker. Clears it. Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham. We're back in 2014 now. As prospects, I still think Marvin Harrison trumps all of them. Right. Odell was pretty special athlete, but he wasn't this size, and he also didn't have that level of production at the college level. Right. Uh, Tavon Austin, DeAndre Hopkins, Cordell Patterson. Way better prospect. Uh, Do I include Josh Gordon? in the supplemental draft with Justin Blackman, Michael Floyd, and Kendall Wright. I probably should. He's the best player out of those three guys. Well, yeah, he clears them. <laughs> uh, here's perhaps the names you were waiting for. Yes. AJ Green, Julio Jones, and Jonathan Baldwin was the third wide receiver. Yeah, so 2011, guy. right? So I think we like to do this a lot of times. B. John Robinson was the best running back prospect since. Adrian Peterson. Marvin Harrison's the best wide receiver prospect since Julio Jones and AJ Green in 2011. Where would you put Chase in that? Um, where would I put Jamar Chase in that? Yeah, I mean, the, let, well, I had forget, Waddle ahead of him, so he sat out right. Like he sat out a lot of his last season and had that crazy production. Chase would be up there. He's probably in my top five of the last ten years. If you include this year, my my top five receivers since two thousand eleven is Julio and A.J. Green, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, and Marvin Harrison. That that would be my group of five since 2011. And, and Marvin, Marvin clears A.J. Green's athletic profile pretty easy. Yeah. Now Julio, 6'3", 220, ran a 4'3", 4'38.5-inch vert. Uh, let's see. I'm going to do the math here, which is always trouble. That's 11-3 in the broad. 6.66 in the three-cone drill is crazy good. But even his short shuttle was more than a quarter second slower than the reported time for for Marvin Harrison. Yeah. he He's going to be more – he's going to test. He's, he'll have a better RAS than A.J. Green. But, I mean, Julio is just another, another planet. Yeah. Another planet, yeah. And, and then, like the, after that, you get to like Calvin Johnson in two thousand seven. Like we're not, we don't need to, we don't need to do that. He's the, Calvin's two inches taller and thirty five pounds heavier than than Marvin, and has Monster. better testing. Not even close. Monster. 
we got a special prospect. That's the point yes. here, right? Marvin Harrison's a special prospect. I think all the hype is warranted. Um, this was my first time really looking at the skill set, right? I mean, I, I watched a ton of Ohio State. I watched a ton of other offense for all the prospects last year, but it's always different when you focus in on that one guy and see it through them, their lens. And and I thought he um, met every expectation I, I'd hope to get um, in, in the study. And that's not always the case, man. There's been plenty of these top guys that we get to uh, at this point of the year, and we're like, really? That, that that's right. that's what this is. We didn't. That wasn't the case with Marvin. So, I could very much see a world where if you remove positional value from the conversation, you would simply say Marvin Harrison Jr. is the highest graded prospect as of right now for the two. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we did our best prospect right off the jump. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Wouldn't surprise me because we've got these really promising quarterbacks and Drake may and um, Caleb Williams. But at the same time, Drake may is going to have the, okay, well he plays in Phil Longo's offense question, right? Well, at least he won't this year. That'll, that'll be a big, big help for us this year. And, and Caleb Williams has the um, off script, Picasso painter brilliance element of his game where a lot of what he does that's so special has to be in the right environment if you're going to project it to the NFL level, right? Versus operating within timing and rhythm. It's just a different – and Pat Mahomes was the same way, so that's not to say that he can't go on to be a a superbly successful NFL quarterback. But it is a question – like, I don't think that's necessarily a one-size-fits-all, and we'll do both of those players and get into the weeds and talk about the the limitations and questions that we have about them amidst their their physical gifts, which I think you would probably put in front of the physical gifts of this year's class other than Anthony Richardson, but there was so much that was incomplete around him that made that such a a murky – forecast and we went deep yesterday into the Colts to talk about whether or not we thought this was a, a winning situation for him or not so and some really good quarterback conversation coming from a college level perspective but I think we started with the best prospect in college football I'd be surprised if we found another one better be real surprised you're just going to have to hit subscribe and find out. Follow along. Locked on NFL scouting with the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Shout out to our everydayers who keep it locked in here on a daily basis. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That is going to do it for us today. Hit subscribe. Follow along. Hope to see you all again tomorrow. We're doing the deep dive on the film of the Carolina Panthers. Peace.